Welcome to Big Questions. This is Cal Bussman. And there's a famous quote from Lao Tzu many centuries ago. When I let go of who I am, I become what I may be. When I let go of what I have, I receive what I need. And that about sums up this week's episode. My guest is the tidying up guru, Marie Kondo. Marie has sold more than 11 million books. First is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up and subtitled The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing. She might have had an editor declutter that title a bit, but hey, became a New York Times bestseller. Second book is called Spark Joy an illustrated masterclass on the art of organizing and tidying up. Fact is, I needed Marie very badly. Over the years, I'd made a habit of remembering wonderful moments in my life by holding on to an item that corresponds to each experience. That's another way of saying, I'm a hoarder. Most people tend to remember the moments that they love with photos these days, but my habit started when I was in my early 20s and traveling around the world. In those days, we didn't have mobile phones and I didn't take a camera with me because I didn't want to approach my journey like a tourist. I didn't want to stop my authentic experience to capture it. That, I thought, would no longer be authentic. I could have created memories with photos, but instead... I wound up picking up random physical objects that allowed me to remember a certain instant in time. Could have been a restaurant menu, glasses made of petrified wood millions of years ago, small drum from the folks who took me out to herd reindeer in Sweden, and then there were the many gifts that people passed on to me. This led to a problem. Problem was a good one to have, over the decades, I'd had so many memorable moments and meetings, I'd have needed five houses to lay out all this memorabilia. So many of the objects, and the moments they represented, were hung up on the walls, and many others got packed into boxes. When we recently moved, my wife asked me, Is this our home, or is it the Cal Fussman Museum? It was clear. I needed Marie. She's famous for helping people rid themselves of all the things in their life that they don't use and really don't need. Marie's approach comes down to a simple question. Does it spark joy? If not, sayonara. Now, as the saying goes, when the student is ready, the master appears. The timing was perfect. Just as I was filling the garage of my new place with boxes, I was asked to interview Marie on stage for an event thrown by Rakuten. Rakuten is a very tidy online retailer based in Japan. Marie is that company's ambassador of joy, and I gotta say, I think she's one of the most unique people I've ever encountered. Certainly a master at what she does. In fact, I walked away from the experience thinking, she is a genius. You'll be able to hear the unique way she sees the world through an excerpt I read 
from one of her books on stage. What you're about to hear on this podcast is more than an interview. I actually brought items on stage with me that were attached to deep experiences I'd had over the years and asked Marie whether I should keep the objects or get rid of them. So you can hear her mastery working in real time. I've begun to eliminate many of the things that no longer spark joy for me. 2020 is my year of clarity, and Marie and her books have helped me see more clearly. One thing I will never get rid of, let me tell you, is my sporty goodies, comfy tees, and sweatpants. Whenever I run my hands over my sportiques, they are always sparking joy. That's why I'm so glad to have Sportique as a sponsor of Big Questions. And I want to thank one of my listeners, Corey Mock, who reached out to me on Twitter and said, What's going on, Cal? You didn't tell us that Sportique is spelled S-P-O-R-T-I-Q-E without the U. How come? I thought, whoa, I normally spell it out, don't I? But I guess... In a recent episode, I didn't do so. So let me make this very clear. If you want to go to the Sportique website and check out the hoodies, sweatpants, and comfy tees, go to sportique.com. There's no U in there. And use the offer code CAL for a 20% discount. That will allow you to roam in comfort. Once you put those babies on, you will know the definition of spark joy. So right now, let's get straight to the joyful world of Marie Kondo. Okay, I'd like to start by explaining my reverence for Marie, and I'd like to do it through a page of her book, first book, Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. This page is about socks. Anybody in here ball up their socks? Uh, you're not admitting it now. I know you're out there. <laughs> okay. This is page 80. And as I'm reading it, I thought it was one of the most original things I'd ever read. So here goes. Have you ever had the experience where you thought what you were doing was a good thing, but later learned that it had hurt someone? At the time, you were totally unconcerned oblivious to the other person's feelings. This is somewhat similar to the way many of us treat our socks. I visited the home of a client in her 50s. As always, we started with the clothes. We moved through her wardrobe at a smooth pace, finished the underwear, and were ready to start organizing the socks. But when she pulled open the sock drawer, I could not suppress a gasp. It was full of potato-like lumps that rolled about. 
She had folded back the tops to form balls and tied her stockings tightly in the middle. I was speechless. <laughs> Dressed in a crisp white apron, my client smiled at me and said, it's easy to pick out what I need this way and it's quite simple to put them away as well, don't you think? Although I frequently run into this attitude during my lessons, it never fails to astonish me. Let me state, here and now, never tie up your stockings. Never, ever ball up your socks. I pointed to the ball up socks. Look at them carefully. This should be a time for them to rest. Do you really think they can get any rest like that? That's right. The socks and the stockings stored in your drawer are essentially on holiday. They take a brutal beating in their daily work, trapped between your foot and your shoe, enduring pressure and friction to protect your precious feet. The time they spend in your drawer is their only chance to rest. But if they're folded over, balled up, or tied, they are always in a state of tension, their fabric stretched, and their elastic pulled. They roll about and bump into each other every time the drawer is open and closed. Any socks and stockings unfortunate enough to get pushed to the back of the drawer are often forgotten for so long that their elastic stretches beyond recovery. When the owner finally discovers them and puts them on, it will be too late and they will be relegated to the garbage. What treatment can be worse than this? Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'd like to start out, Marie, by asking you to show me how to fold a pair of socks. So just like you had read in my book right now, when you roll up the socks and you stretch out this top part, that's the worst thing you can be doing to your socks. What you need to remember is not just with socks, but with anything that you fold, giving it your love is so important. Like this. Please remember, first of all, that you need to channel the love through your hand and you really use your hand and give it all the love for all the support and help it gives you through your daily life to any of the clothes you wear, but especially your socks. So first we take the two halves that didn't meet each other for a while together like this. This is a San Francisco. <laughs> so first, while still maintaining that thought of gratitude and thanks to your socks, you fold them in half. And then once again, give thanks to this beautiful scenery of San Francisco and fold it again. That's all. And that's all it takes to have a perfect fold for your socks. So then when you put them away in your drawer, you keep them upright like this. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it great? I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Oh, oh. oh man. Like this? Like that? You really need to channel Oh, I got to channel it. Okay. I... Sincerely. Yes. <laughs> San Francisco will be my home one day. Okay. Like that? This is the hard part. Stand up. Then they should stand up. Hey! 
Okay. We're getting somewhere. Now, I was talking to your husband backstage. He admitted to me that he used to ball up his socks. What did you do when you found that out? The first time I saw it, I was just astonished, aghast. <laughs> and immediately I unraveled them and I took him apart and really had him refold them with me. <laughs> yep. Okay. I have to find out where this started. Did your parents ever say to you, Marie, go clean up your room? <laughs> Rather, I've never really been told by my parents to go clean up or tidy anything. It was more that they would tell me, please stop tidying our things. <laughs> Now, there was one day where you went into your mom's closet and basically cleaned out like two thirds of your mom's closet, correct? It's a, it's a deep regret that I have that I have to confess to you all. You really shouldn't be throwing away other people's things, so this is what I've done to my family. And I really regret that I did that as a young child. Okay, was there a moment, if I'm watching this on a film and I'm seeing the moment that you discovered I am here to show the world how to tidy up. So originally, I really started falling in love with the concept of tidying up since I was five, and it was just something that I kept doing because I loved it. So basically, to me, tidying up as a younger person was just going and throwing things away. So as I was a young student, I would come home from school and start just seeing whatever I could like, toss that day while I still had my uniform on. I didn't even change. But then there was one day where I realized no matter how much I go through and throw away things every day and I technically tidy, it wasn't really giving me that inner peace. Because back then when I'd look at things, I would just start thinking, oh, maybe it's almost come to its life term. Maybe I can throw this away soon. So anytime I would look at anything, I would start feeling more stressed rather than happy. So finally, all that stress came to a boiling point when I was in uh, 11th grade. So then one day when I decided I was going to go tidy again, I actually fainted. You fainted? Yes. Because I was basically a neurotic person who kept on wanting to tidy, so it just boiled up and exploded. So I fainted mainly because I was looking at my room and everything in my room was just, I hated it all. I, nothing sparked joy for me at all. So then I fainted. I actually was out for two hours. <laughs> And actually none of my family members noticed that I had fainted, so I just woke up without anyone noticing. Nobody noticed because they all just thought I was tidying up as normal. <laughs> so then when I looked at everything after I awoke, Actually, everything started to see, seem like it was glowing or sparkling a little bit. That's when it hit me. So then it hit me that really, when it comes to tidying up, what you need to do, what one needs to do, is really find things that you like, that spark joy, that you want to keep in that house rather than what you want to throw away. And I realized that tidying up is really something you do to make yourself a much happier person. That's its point in life. Okay. That leads to my next question. I need to tidy up and I was looking at some of the sentimental things in my life. This is me 
boxing against Julio Cesar Chavez when he was the junior welterweight champion of the world. He had 87 fights, 87 wins, 84 knockouts, no losses. I am still here to talk about this. So I have a photo of me actually getting in a punch because he was a good sport about it. Now, this photo sparks joy in me. I love this photo so much, you know what I did? I blew this photo up so big it takes up a wall in my office. Because it sparks so much joy to see it. But I still got this little one. What do I do with the little one? Uh, can you bless it or something? So this is something very... <laughs> actually, this is something very important in the process. Right. Please take a deep breath. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. Touch it. Feel it. Does it spark joy? Oh, yes. <laughs> Keep it. Keep it. Okay. Simple. simple. That's simple. Okay. What, when you say that word, joy, what does it mean to you? What is your definition of joy? So joy to me is the sensation and your feeling that when you, even when you touch or feel something, your body just gets so bright and light. So when you feel something that really sparks joy for you, your body reacts unintentionally, like without your consciousness. Like this. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the correct answer is when you touch something like that and your body responds without your consciousness, then that is something that makes you happy. So this sense of joy is something your body holds innately. So that's why in my method we talk about you need to touch and feel every item that you're going to go through. Okay, I'm going to try to channel my inner... All right, this is a tough one. This is a very tough one. Now this is a garbage can made of wine corks. Did you make it? I did not make it. This actually is a ching, but there's some other feelings that go along with it. Because I received this as a gift. Okay, and it was in the office of a sommelier person who, she was the best sommelier in America. And it was at Windows of the World restaurant, which was at the top of the World Trade Center. When she left her job, she was training me to be a sommelier. And I had a joyful experience becoming the sommelier. And I was the sommelier at the top of the world for one night. And then the planes came into the World Trade Center and took it down. And this is the last, since she passed this on to me, this is the last thing I have from that restaurant at the top of the World Trade Center. 
So it brings me a ting, but it also brings a sense of remembrance and the pain. And I know you learned a lot from the earthquake that hit north of Tokyo. And I was wondering if you could tell me what to do. So things like these, these um, sentimental items, come with a lot of different components. Um, so when you look at them and you think, do I want to live the rest of my life with this? That's the type of feeling you need to judge them by. So of course then you can maintain your life with this if it still keeps giving you these feelings that it makes you happy and it makes it enriches your life. But then when the day comes where the feelings of sadness and pain overcome that or take it over, then comes the day where it's served its purpose in your life and then you can let it go. Do you know what happened to me today? I was bringing this here, I was standing outside my hotel waiting for a lift and 10 people came over and said wow what is that that's fantastic <laughs> so I felt the joy so I guess I'm gonna have to keep it is that okay of course you should say thank you or treat it with this sense of appreciation for what it's brought to your life I think it's extremely wonderful that by tidying up things in your house, you can really revisit what they bring to your life. Yeah, each item. Okay. So here's one for you that gets to issues like books and things that may have been autographed for you. So somebody signs a book to you and I know, or I saw on the internet, correct me if this is wrong, that you will have 30 books, only 30 books, no more than 30 books. And I'm wondering how you deal when people sign a book to you, but you'll only keep 30 books. So it's actually not true. This has been a spread throughout the news that I only keep 30 books. That's not true. It just so happens to be that when I finished writing a book, what was left in my home and office at that time happened to be 30 books. So it sort of got misconstrued that maybe you're not supposed to have more than 30 books. No, actually in, in the Komari method, there isn't a limit to how many things you can keep. That's because everybody has a different level of happiness and joy that comes with the numbers of things they have, numbers of things they have. So it doesn't matter if it's a lot or if it's not so much. Okay, so you see on these sneakers, they were given to me when I spoke at an event in South Africa. And they put my name on the sneakers. And so I'm wondering, how do you throw out something that was given as a gift with your own name on it? So of course, if it sparks joy, then you should still keep it. But for what I think about receiving gifts is the minute you receive a gift from someone and your souls had that connection, that's the most important aspect of a gift. So that Once you really feel like you've been able to gain everything, for example, if someone has given you a book that has an autograph, once you read it and you feel like you've been able to receive all the good energy and whatnot, the vibes from it, then it's okay to say it served its purpose, I'll let it go. But for example, with your own name in it or something like that, if someone around you might say, oh, I really want that, and could you give it to me, then if you feel so, so yourself, then you can give it away, but that's all up to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
This is, is, you know, what's tough about this is one time, one of my books, I signed to somebody, and then I, it went out of print. And I looked for it on Amazon, and I bought it. And it was given away by the person I had given it to, to a bookstore, and there I saw my own signing to her. And it was like an ice dagger going through my heart. So I really fully understand that feeling of shock when you see something that you've maybe autographed. <laughs> It's out there again. So for people like us who might sign a lot of things and give them to people, what I try to remember myself is that the minute I give that away to that person, that is the value in that object and that's where you kind of Oh, okay, I'm starting to understand now. Okay, let's look at things that point to the future. So, years ago, I was given this by a Japanese woman. It's a fan from Danjiri, which is a festival in Kishiwada. Every year, they get like a half million people in the streets. And there are these wood carriages that are beautifully decorated and ropes in front of the carriages where men yank them down the streets and there are men on top dancing with these flags and I always wanted to go. But I have never gone. All I have is this fan. And so what do you think? Should I let it go and then just make sure I go there to have the moment? So you do still want to go to this festival, right? Because yes. There, there are different ways we can think about this. Yes, I do want to go to the festival. So because this item right here made you spark joy right now, you need to go. That's been decided. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the purpose of these objects also remains, but the fact that they make you realize what types of feelings or wishes or desires you have, goals, that's also the component that's really important when you go through this process of tidying, is it really helps you revisit things you may have not thought about. So for me, I think because this really made you spark joy right now and it made you realize you do want to go, then it's okay you let this object go, because now what you need to do is decide the date that you're going. I got it. Is there anyone in this audience who would like this? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's great. Please gift it to somebody for me. Maybe you should give it an autograph on this. <laughs> <laughs> I will sign it. If anybody wants it as a memento, please come up afterward. But let's talk about your future now. Can you imagine? Or could you have imagined when you woke up from fainting that day that the world would know who you are, that you'd be here with Rakuten, 1.2 billion members. The, the whole world knows you now. Could you have ever imagined that? 
or is it a shock to you? Absolutely, I never thought that it would become something like this, ever. <laughs> Because really, as myself, I really was just simply pleased and content to be tidying up. And I was really loving the fact that I was a tidying up consultant and I was just dealing with the person in front of me and dealing with their tidying. So I just thought I was going to continue that job for the rest of my life. When you see a mess, does it excite you? <laughs> so excited. <laughs> it really makes me really excited because the minute I see that awful mess, let's say, in a closet or a room, I can imagine what it would look like when it's put together again. What is the worst mess you have ever seen? So actually, if you've seen the Netflix show, there's the family called the Akiyamas. It's actually this Mr. and Mrs. Akiyama's closet that hadn't been open for many, many, many years. They didn't know actually what was in it. Guess what, ca what came out of it when we opened the closet? I didn't see that episode. So. <laughs> Actually, from the very, very back of that closet came a, um, a stuffed deer. A like stuffed? A, um, a deer that had been stuffed. Right? <laughs> it, it goes beyond your imagination. <laughs> Actually, I come into these types of situations more often than not. What is the most bags of garbage that you've ever seen somebody accumulate to go out? I couldn't really count with the garbage bags necessarily, but I'm not sure how many tons the truck was per se, but this one client had many, many large trucks carry their things out. So that much. Do you keep touch with the people afterward and find out how their lives have changed? Yes, actually, I do keep in touch with certain people who decide that they want to keep emailing me or keeping in touch with me because some people, their lives have changed so much that, for example, by, by tidying up their entire lives, they realized, oh, this is what I want to do with my life, and they became an entrepreneur. Or other people realize that this partner that they've been with for years and years is just not so excited. They realized that wasn't the person for their life, and they got rid of them. So their lives, their lives keep changing, and they really are able to find what, what was best for them. You throw out people too? Because it's actually true that once you realize through this process what's important to your life, your actions and what you do thereafter really does change dramatically. And so it's they who determined and were able to see what they needed in their lives. It wasn't I who threw the things out. What will this do at the workplace? Because I know that Rakuten and you are coming together to tidy up the workplace. And I'd like to know how you see this overlap. So it actually started when I heard about this philosophy that Rakuten has called Rakuten Shugi, where they actually weekly go through the office and tidy up. They have time built in during the week to tidy the office space. So work and home is very similar in that you need to maintain this sense of appreciation and thanks to things that surround you. And being able to create that environment is extremely important both in the work and private space. So this keeps growing and growing and growing. Do you think that 
you could, by tidying up, figure out global warming. Maybe not so directly to the path of global warming or whatnot, but maybe indirectly they are related. Because frequently I feel that if one really realizes what is important to them in life, it, can, it cuts back on excessive consumption. And if that kind of consumption is reduced, then also excessive production would be adjusted according to that. And so I feel like slowly and more gradually that would all come together and eventually the global balance will be achieved. What would you like your legacy to be in the world? Actually, I really don't have a way that I'd like people to remember me so much. Rather than people remembering me, what I would really like to see happen in the world is a world, the world to become a place where tidying up is such a give, like a, a simple thing that one should do without thinking too much about it, that it, that's the norm rather than, oh, it's such a big deal, Marie Kondo started it. It's more that that's the type of world it is, so we don't think about it and I'm in the background. Yeah. So it, it actually sounds like it just starts with mm-hmm. a pair of socks. Yeah, it can start with a very, very small thing like a pair of socks, liking it, sparking joy with it, finding a place for it in the house, and then just expanding on that. Eventually, the entire world is going to become a place where people are sparking joy. Well, we have this audience today. We have the 1.2 billion people that are touched by Rakuten. In the end, we have no idea how far this one pair of socks can go. I just want to thank you for taking us on your journey. And in 40 minutes, you have allowed me to see my things differently, and I hope the whole audience as well. It's really a treasure to be able to spend some time with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was an honor for me to be here as well. I would hope that all of you, when you go back to your homes, that you realize just how many things you're surrounded by that make you happy and spark joy for you. Thank you. That about wraps it up. I want to thank Tim Ferriss for nudging me to start this podcast. And by the way, Tim also knows Marie. He's done a podcast with her. And it's always good to spread the message about Marie and her books. Those books will make you see your own world differently. Not only that, they may make you further appreciate your sportiques, just like I do. Every time I'm recording these intros and outros in my sportique hoodie or Big Questions tee, I am as relaxed as I can be. And if you haven't yet tried out Sportique, check out sportique.com. That's S P O R T I Q E.com and use the offer code CAL for 20% discount. You're going to know the meaning 
of the words roam in comfort. I want to thank Philip Lanos, Hassan Rumier, Luz Fleming, and L. Chen for their work on the podcast, and Kevin, the manager, for all he does. Thank all of you for emailing me at calfussman.com. I'm going to be putting up some video on my YouTube channel, Big Questions with Cal Fussman. You'll be able to see Professor Leonard Kleinrock showing me the room where the first internet message was sent, the birthplace of social media, and also clips of my talk with Marie Kondo on stage. Going to try to move into the video space this year. Also, we're expanding here. If you want to hear an interview I did with the greatest Olympian ever, some say the greatest athlete of all time, Michael Phelps, check out the Under Armour podcast, The Only Way is Through. That's in conjunction with iHeartRadio. Comes out Monday, February 3rd. Episodes of the Under Armour podcast will be spaced out every other week. I'm the guy asking the questions. So, some Mondays, you can hear me on The Only Way is Through podcast. Every Tuesday, you can hear me on Big Questions. And if there's any company out there that wants me to help them with a podcast on Wednesdays, let me know. And if you're ever in Baltimore, where I interviewed Michael Phelps at Under Armour headquarters, do yourself a favor and stop in at Fadley's in Lexington Market and get the golden brown lump of crab cake. Fadley's is spelled F-A-I-D-L-E-Y apostrophe S. And it's been around for 136 years. Man, if you've been around that long, you gotta be good. I'm telling you, it is the best bite of crab cake you will ever taste. Please email me at calbusman.com and let me know how much you like the crab cake at Bailey's. Man, I, I should get Nancy and Bill on this podcast. They're in their 80s and still running that joint day to day. And I say joint in the best possible old school way. Gotta go now, heading off to speak in Montreal, so I'll let you know of another great taste there as soon as I taste it. And let me know about your favorite restaurants from around the world so I can stop in when I'm in town. I got upcoming talks in cities across Germany, Belgium, Hong Kong. Well, the list goes on and on. But all restaurant tips are appreciated no matter where in the world you are. Send them to me at calfussman.com. Let's get a conversation going. This New Year's off to a great start. Keep it rolling. Cheers. Cheers.